baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Christmas time. Let's go. Let's go. What is this? What? What did you just say to me? What is this? What the hell did you just say? I said, what is this? All right. The That's song. It. That's it. But no, does Matt Polly know what it is? What the, is no it? No more Amy today. Come on. Quiver River Electric guest line is open. How, how, you almost made me say a bad word. <gasps> I almost said. What is it? Christmas and Hollis. What the hell is Christmas wrong where? with you? Run DMC, dog. Oh, man. What's the matter with you? <clears throat> I... That is embarrassing. Hey, Matt, Polly, Quiver River Electric hey. guest line today. Matt's with us. What in the Matt? That's, um, you know, it's actually very, like, you don't have to be a fan of, like, rap music, urban music. You don't need, like, historical rap. Like, that's a song that at Christmas time every year comes on. So, I'm, yes, I'm very, Amy, I'm very surprised you're well, not listen, familiar. I like rap music. I have never heard that song. Wow, bro. I like rap music, Amy. Wow. So. I wow. like beer. <laughs> I just felt like that. I like beer. I like beer. <laughs> I'll have one every six months. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really hope Mason Jar isn't listening because we've had moments like this in the car where he turns on a song and it's like, ni- you know, 90s, classic early 90s hip hop rap. And I, I'll go, have you heard this? And I'll say no. It and is. just incredulity. He's overcome with incredulity. <sighs> I don't know what to do, man. Hey, uh, Paulie, talk about something. I'm trying to recover from what so Amy I'm driving just did. right now to yeah. Cardinal Nation. And at 1230, Mike Claiborne and myself are going to have Benji Molina at Cardinal Nation Restaurant and Bar. We're going to be recording probably about a 40-minute conversation that's going to air later on this week during Countdown to Opening Day. Uh, but if folks are looking to, you know, get themselves out of the hustle and bustle of the holiday period, want to get themselves a good meal, we'd love to see a Cardinal Nation start at 1230. That's fun. That is a fun yeah. thing. Why Why aren't we a Cardinals Nation? Yeah, we should be there we right have now. been there? We mm-hmm. could have been your pregame. Well, you guys, that'd be tough because we need to start recording like right at 1230. So there's some setup at like 12. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and mm-hmm. if you guys were over there, I would have gotten a phone call this First thing this morning from Ron, asking me how to set stuff up over there. So you know what, I'm I'm, I'm all right with you guys. Being Whoa, wait a minute, oh baby, I oh. love you, Matt. That was well played. What do you want me to do? Remember? Hey, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, We're, I've lost my head. Speaking of Cardinals, Matt, uh, we got that. This isn't it's it's Cardinals adjacent, I suppose. Now uh, Jack Flaherty signing with the Detroit Tigers, he's got to deal with them. What? What do you think happens in Detroit with Flaherty? Do we see a rebound there? Ah, it's a good. It's a really good question. I don't know. Uh, it's a one-year deal. He's not making all that much money, so it's an opportunity. He he lost a lot of money after that trade last year. Uh, if he would have just kept doing what he was doing with the Cardinals uh, from that point until the end of the season, he probably would have gotten a multi-year deal worth more per year. But it did not go well for him, obviously there. Um, and I. Somebody's got to fi- figure out a way to kind of unlock him and get him back to what he was before. I-, I don't know if it's the people in Detroit or not, but obviously he's going to be incredibly motivated because it's a one-year deal. 
Yeah, it's going to be a prove it for him. Um, somebody who, when he came into the league, I, I said, look, if he stays healthy, he's winning a Cy Young. He's that good. And it just hasn't worked out that way. So um, wishing him the best there. But I guess not too good of luck. Uh, well, you know, I guess if the Cardinals go to the World Series then, right? Then that would matter potentially if they play the Tigers, which isn't going to happen. But anyway. You're just talking because of your White Sox fandom. Oh, uh, no, actually, I kind of want them to lose as many games as possible. Okay, fair enough. I understand that. Because that uh, Jerry needs to sell the team. So um, I wanted to ask you also, I I know that John Mosellock recently made comments that they feel pretty, I think the word he used was bullish, on the Cardinals pitching staff. Do you think that means that that that's it, that they are finished with the rotation as it is? Um, I think it's a 50-50 shot that the top five, as we view it right now, are the top five that they take into spring training. Now, I do think they add some sort of swing man or the worst case scenario, uh, they add a swing man or something. The guy can come in, contend for a spot. If he doesn't win a spot in the rotation, he can be a, a relief pitcher or something like that. I'm pretty sure somebody of that profile at the very least will be brought in. So that's one side of the 50-50. The other side of the 50-50 is that something does happen, whether it's in the trade market, whether it is in a you know, free agency. Not that there's a whole lot out there left anymore outside of Yamamoto that, that would fit the Cardinals, and maybe something happens there. So I'm not trying to be wishy-washy with the answer. I think there's going to be another pitcher on this roster who will contend for a spot in the rotation. I just don't know if that's going to be clearly somebody who would be right now in the top five or it's going to be somebody who's more of a depth piece. Well, let's say that's it. Let's say the Cardinals are basically done with the exception of, uh, you know, bringing in a reliever or potentially two. Let's say let's say we're, we're, for the most part, done here. As is, how do you like where the Cardinals are against the rest of the division? We know the Brewers really are more subtracting than they are adding right now. The Cubs haven't done much since uh, hiring Craig Council. So what do you think? What do you think of the Cardinals within the division? Yeah, I think it gets the rest of the division. They've got a puncher's chance to win it, as it is right now. They were a good run-scoring club, as it was. I mean, there were some flaws there uh, that you'd like to see a little bit better. But things, I think just uh, the old addition by subtraction, the fact that uh, you're removing a guy, Tyler O'Neill, who you couldn't rely on to be out there on an everyday basis, so there's going to be a more set lineup. I think that's going to help uh, this team, and there's going to be some more defined roles, which might be something that this team needs. So when we're talking about the division, and this is more about the division than it is about the Cardinals. The division, just not very good. But the bigger question, and I don't know if this could be your next question or not, but I think it's the more important question, is how do they stack up against the upper echelon of the National League? And right now, I still don't think they do. If they go into a – now, anything can happen in the playoffs. Anybody can get hot. Any team can kind of go on a run. But if it's just based off the talent on the field, I still feel like there's a handful of teams in the National League that are certainly – in front of the Cardinals right now. Hey, a a couple of other uh, Cardinals-adjacent things. Matt Carpenter was traded for by the Braves. He was acquired. There were other players involved in that. Um, They were hoping to trade him. They couldn't, so they released him. So Matt Carpenter released by Atlanta. Do you think he catches on somewhere else? If he wants to. Somebody will give him a minor league contract with an invite to spring training if he wants to. Uh, he's been around for a while, and, and maybe he's at the point personally where he's ready to go ahead and call it a career. So it probably 
yeah, he, if he gets that kind of deal, it's still going to be a little while. We're still at a point in free agency where those type of deals aren't really being signed. So he'll have some time to think about this for for a while. But I have no doubt, you know, he's he's one year removed from a really, really good year with the Yankees. Uh, there would be a team out there that would give him an opportunity to come spring. And what do you think we'll see from Michael Waka in Kansas City now? Yeah, I like what Kansas City has done so far here in, in the offseason. They've made some small moves to kind of make that team uh, a little bit better. Uh, Waka has been a guy who here in recent years has been sort of up and down for him. It's hard to evaluate who he's going to be. But I just, yeah, I oh, what Kansas him, City has been able to do. You getting a phone call, Matt? No, I'm not. Not that I know. You cut out a couple times. We got worried. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm driving. Oh. Do you have a triple A card just in case something goes wrong? I do not, but my uh, my insurance takes care of uh, of all that. Not the old roadside assistance. Sweet. Um, this is I've used that recently. Well, I hope it worked out because my insurance also has roadside assistance and they cannot hold a candle to triple A. I always tell people call triple A. Because your insurance can be can take a lot longer to get there. Okay, so I like not that I'm trying to do an advertisement for Progressive here, but I have oh. Progressive, oh and I I love them because you get on I use their roadside assistance. You get on the app and you call for a tow truck, and it like automatically triangulates to the closest tow truck to your geographic location. I've had to use it three times. I've never waited more than 20 minutes for a tow truck. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Okay, well, okay. I disagree. Maybe you're lucky. Um, speaking of... Do you have un- progressive? No. Okay, so that's why. Well, I have AAA. Uh, we just gave free money to progressive insurance just now. <laughs> I know. I tried to push back a little bit, you know, know. balance yeah, it out. Let's, let's switch to hockey, Matt, because uh, Drew Bannister, after a couple of wins, got a taste of what Craig Berube had been dealing with all year and another horrific loss from this team. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it a lot, Amy, just how when they lose, they they lose. Mm. And uh, they they definitely lost, you know, 6-1 to, to Tampa the other night. It just looked exactly the same as what was going on with, uh, with you know, Craig Berube in charge. I'm just, I continue to be really on the fence on this whole move uh, with the coaching change. I'm I, I wish Drew Bannister the best. I hope he's able to get things going. Uh, I have a hard time believing that that's really going to happen. And, I, you know, the comments that were made afterwards where he ended up benching Pavel Buchnevich, uh because of the penalties that he was taking and then was very open about that and kind of did sort of a, a Tommy Tough Guy type thing when he was talking about it. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I don't know Bannister well enough yet to really know his personality to see if that's just who he's always going to be. But it felt like he was, you know, trying to walk in and on the first day and, you know, lay down the law it's just it's a weird situation right now yeah yeah the whole thing is odd and I was out of town when the the Jordan Cairo thing was happening and he he spoke at his locker after Craig Berube was fired having to respond to the comments he made and the booing that he received what what is it with him is is it is it him it is there a is there a personality conflict is there an issue that I have not been not been aware of all these years yeah, I don't. I don't think he got along especially well with Craig Berube. Now there are a lot of players, a lot of athletes who don't get along with their coach, don't get along with their manager, and still are able to go out there and perform. They kind of exist together. We all have, you know, people in our jobs that maybe we don't like so much, but we were able to work with them. So uh, I, I don't have a personal, intimate knowledge of this, but just of things that I've heard 
second hand and third hand, I get the I get the feeling that Jordan Cairo and Craig Berube were a little bit of oil and water. I thought, you know, Craig Berube went on a uh, on a national podcast. I can't remember which one it was. I'd give credit if I could remember which one it was. Uh, but he was asked about the situation, and man, he he had the most perfect answer. You know, no hard feelings. Cairo was put in a really tough situation right there, being asked a question they didn't really know how to handle. So. I, you know, the, the way the whole thing played out where Tyroo was obviously very apologetic, he was emotional, the next game he gets the big cheer, he scores the goal, like the whole arc of the story, I think, has, has come to an end, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that maybe Tyroo and Barubi did not see eye to eye on everything. Yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking about, that was on the Ray and Dregs hockey podcast uh, that Craig Barubi was on, and uh, let me ask you this, because I think the... The weakest link on the St. Louis Blues was not Craig Berube. I think it's a huge loss for the franchise. How long before he gets picked up by someone else? Probably up to him. I mean, there's going to be more coaching changes throughout the year. And the NHL is weird. Like most times when there's in-season coaching changes, teams just kind of find a guy. Sort of like what the Blues did with, with Bannister being the interim coach. But there's times where teams will go make legit coaching changes in the middle of the season where they hire the next full-time guy. So if there is a team that wants to do that and wants to make the coaching change, Barubi might have that opportunity. But he's been through the grind, man. Like This this might be something where he wants to go ahead and just sit back for a little while. He's getting paid by the Blues. Uh, he can he can pick and choose. Uh, where, you know, if it's a bad job that comes open, uh, he doesn't have to go for it. So uh, I, I think it's more up to him than anything else he's going to get back coaching. A week from tomorrow, Mizzou, Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Are you what, what do you? what do you think there? Do you think there's a possibility? Yeah, I'm pretty bullish on Mizzou. Spread, Mizzou's favored. Spreads what think, one? Mizzou's favored by I think two and a half now. Is what oh. I thought I saw, but okay. um, but it, it maybe it doesn't matter. They're favored. Um, yeah, I think Mizzou wins the game. Uh, Ohio State has is missing a number of players. Uh, this is not as big of a deal for them as it is for Mizzou. Uh, I just there was uh, yesterday when uh, Eli Drinkwitz was talking with uh, the National Signing Day stuff. He was asked about his coordinators, and he gave the indication that at least one of the coordinators is probably going to be getting an opportunity elsewhere. But he said he's very confident that each coordinator will be calling plays in the bowl game. And yeah, you know, what that tells you is how much this game means to Mizzou because in most situations. If a coordinator is going to leave before a bowl game, they're just going to leave. They're going to be going wherever they're going. And it seems like Missouri is putting everything into this bowl game. I guess I didn't realize this, um, but Missouri is the betting favorite right now at minus one. They are a one-point favorite, so that should be really, really good. Yeah. Hey, dude, I guess we appreciate it. You guess? I mean, we appreciate it. I guess. I like you guys. I don't know. <laughs> Let's hey. cut the tape. That's a real uh, ringing endorsement, that's, Matt that's Paul. As mean as I can be. Hey, we are you working Monday or no? Um, Christmas Day. Yeah, not planning on it. Oh no, that's right. You're back with us on Tuesday. We should yeah. have made you work on Monday anyway. Are you are you working on Monday? No, I mean I, I know. Yeah, you no, should come on. They should just force you all alone. You have to be your own producer, run your own board, do everything, and you just have to cover this entire shift branch. Listen, hey. this guy, this guy's done it. He's done five-hour shows solo in Chicago. That's right. Sometimes in the middle of the night. Middle it's of awful. the night. They are really hurting for talent up there. <laughs>
Please. Please. Matt Pauley, thanks. You bet. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 